Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF, the podcast. This is episode 55 called Jana. On this episode, I'm partnering with Extend Fertility, which was founded on the premise that democratizing egg freezing could ultimately change the fertility industry and deliver better results. Their co-founder, Dr. Joshua Klein, who is near and dear to my heart because he was actually my doctor, and you may have heard me interview him in episode 36 of this podcast, is a brilliant, supportive, and overall awesome doctor. And he's a bit of a disruptor because when he observed that IVF's success rate was low for women over 40 and its high cost was disappointing for doctors and patients alike, he took matters into his own hands. He saw the opportunity to help women think more proactively about their fertility, and he founded Extend Fertility, which began offering egg freezing at 40% below the national average. By 2017, they were the largest egg freezing practice in the nation, and today they've expanded to offer a full range of infertility services, including IVF, in a small practice environment that's more personal, higher quality, and more data-driven. So to make an appointment with Extend or find out more, go to extendfertility.com and make sure to tell them that Infertile AF sent you. Thanks. Okay, guys. So Jana works with a very dear friend of mine, my friend Millie. Hi, Mills. And today she is going to tell us her story. She came over to my house actually a couple months ago. Remember when you could like go to people's houses and actually see them and hang out with them and give them a hug? Yeah. So that happened and she's incredible. So she's going to tell us her story of going through six years of infertility. So this is a story of IVF and IUIs and mini IVF and lots of heartbreak and nothing working and ultimately adoption. So Jana is much cooler than I will ever be, so I'm going to let her tell it all in her own words. So without further ado, this is Jana's infertility story. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm excited. So we have a mutual friend, Millie. Yes. Who works love. with you and love, is one love, of my love. favorite humans. So thanks, Millie, for Me the introduction. Me too. 100%. Um, I know you have a really interesting story to where you are now. So yeah. So we'll just, we'll just start at the beginning. I so, love it. Did you always want to have kids growing, like as a, you know, girl growing up? Yeah. I mean, I, from the time I was little, you know, I always was like, going to have a family one day and, you know, of course, always wanted that to happen. I never really took... The traditional route. I mean, I went to college. I mean, I'll dive right in. My husband mm-hmm. and I, you know, we met in our 20s. Mm-hmm. We kind of grew up together. He was in a band. I was like actress slash worked in marketing slash worked in the nightclub business slash waitress. I mean, you name it. I fun. did like, yeah, a little bit of All everything. All of those sound very fun. <laughs> All together. I'm sure you have some good stories. Oh, uh, 100%. We'll next time we hang out. Yes, exactly. Millie's favorite story. I was a waitress in the Bada Bing on the first season of The Sopranos. Stop! <laughs> fun fact. What? Yeah, so... We'll talk about that later. But, um, oh my God. so yeah, so we did all that for a very long time. And then, you know, Joel and I met 
actually, I was dating the owner of his record label. Okay. <laughs> That's how we met. And he was in a band. What's the band? Toured all over. Um, they were called Goaty Hook. Okay. Pop punk band. Okay, cool. Back in the day. Yeah. And then, you know, we never kind of did like the traditional thing. You know, he ended up moving to New York. We were all trying to figure out what we wanted to do with our lives, do for a living, did a little bit of everything. But we always, you know, we didn't get married until like we were, you know, in our, until we were 30. And then, you know, by then, I mean, we'd always kind of tried to have kids, but it just, careers started taking off and Mm -hmm. we, you know, kind of kept trying, but didn't really like, you know, massively pursue it. We were like, okay, when it happens, it happens. It's supposed to happen. Right. But it never really did. Careers kind of took off. And then finally we were like, okay, you know, years later, like we've always wanted to have a family. We always wanted this to happen. So I started doing, well, we started again, like being very specific about, you know, the fun of timing and let's time sex and let's put it in a book and, you know, all that fun stuff that makes it so romantic. So So wait, before that you had never, it was like you weren't trying, but you weren't not trying. Correct. Like that kind of phase. And then when you, how old were you when you buckled down and you were like, shit, we need to like get on this? Mm, Probably mid, mid to late thirties. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cool. So then jump ahead. I was like, okay, we need to try fertility. So I had done one round of IVF, my body like like full on IVF. My body rejected it and it was like, fuck you, I hate you, I can't take all these drugs. Really? Um, so when you went into the doctor, did they say why it wasn't happening? No. Did they diagnose you with anything? No, nope. like, I had all the tests, Joel just, had all the tests. Okay. It was funny, we were watching a commercial the other night. He's like, oh, you know, that's a hospital, first hospital I went to to get my swimmers tested. My swimmers. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So nobody could tell us anything. Okay. Everybody was always just like, I mean, I knew my mom had kind of had problems with pregnancies yeah. and wasn't sure if I was going to have the same thing, but clearly, you know, all the time trying to get pregnant, it mm-hmm. never worked. Mm-hmm. Um so I had done one round of like full blown IVF. Did you go right into IVF? Yeah. No IUIs or anything nope. like that? Full Plumid on. or anything? No. Nope. Uh-uh. Okay. How did you feel about doing it? I mean, you- at that point, I was just kind of like getting nervous because I was like, why isn't this happening? Mm-hmm. What's going on? And then mm-hmm. I thought back to like my mom having problems and... I was just kind of like, okay, if we're going to do this, like, let's just, I'm, I'm one of those people that's like head on, let's just do this. Let's just try it. Let's dive in. Let's make it happen. So I knew that at the time, Joel, my husband's insurance, um, they covered like up to a certain amount, which is just basically one round of IVF. Okay. So, you know, met with the doctors, we went, you know, researching all the hospitals in New York, we went to um, Columbia because supposedly it was like the best. Okay. Uh, they had, you know, an office downtown sure. in Tribeca and it was close to work. And I was like, this is great. You know, did the whole thing, all the drugs, everything. How did you, your body react? To My body stuff? was just like, I've never done well with drugs. I mean, I wasn't the kid who always like went off and did drugs because my body <laughs> never liked it. So my body was basically like, no, uh-uh, okay. it's not going to happen. Okay. So. We had gotten to the very end and they were like, your body's not reacting. So we're not even going to do the extraction at this time. We're going to do an IUI. Okay. So they ended up doing that instead. Um, Well, you're the first person I've met that did IVF and like back to IUI. Yeah. It's really a progression. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because they were like, we don't even want to, it's not progressing like we thought it was going to. It's not working. Like your body is basically like 
not doing what it's supposed to. Okay. So they did the IUI. Didn't take. Yeah. How um, did you feel after that? I mean, I was bummed, but I'm very much like, I very much have tunnel focus. Mm-hmm. I skip ahead. I did fertility for six years. Mm-hmm. So after that IUI, like we didn't have money or anything else to do full blown IVF anymore. Insurance didn't cover it. Mm-hmm. We didn't have the money. Right. We were just like, what the hell are we going to do? Yeah. So I had actually met with some of my friends, talked to some of my friends. They were like, you need to talk to, you know, these people. There's this thing called mini IVF. Mm. There's this place called New Hope Fertility Clinic that's in Columbus Circle. Okay. And they do, basically it's like, it's called mini IVF because they don't use as many drugs. Mm -hmm. They monitor you, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't, it's not like the full blown thing. They still have the extractions. They still have like some drugs and all that kind of stuff, but it's a little more controlled with the all that shit that they put in your body. So um, from there, I started doing, I went there, I was like, this is great. They were like, we can definitely make this happen. And it was less expensive, obviously. 100% less expensive. So I was like, this is affordable. We can do this. This is great. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. So at the time, six years ago, they like to like basically build up your eggs before they send them all out in one batch to test them to see what was good, what wasn't. Okay. So I can't even tell you how many rounds I went through, you know, 7 a.m. every morning. I'm up in Columbus Circle Mm -hmm. and I work in, you know, all over Manhattan because I was a freelance executive producer at the time. So up there doing, you know, all that, getting tested, monitored, all that. And then I think we had six eggs and then they sent them out and only one of them was good. Mm. So from there, they were like, what do you want to do? I kept kept on because we kept that egg in reserve. I kept on. I think I tried like five more times. Mm-hmm. Um, and Were they then, creating embryos or just the eggs at that point? Uh, sorry, embryos. Embryos, okay. Yes. Okay. So they would take it, they would fertilize it, but then they gotcha. wanted to send them out to make sure. Like a batch yeah. testing. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I've heard of that before. So from there... We only had one embryo that was good. Mm-hmm. We tried a bunch more times. Things didn't happen. Like the eggs wouldn't take. They wouldn't become embryos. You know, the same failed like forever. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I started getting tired. And that was like maybe four years into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... That's a long time. Yeah. I mean, I mean... Can we unpack that a little bit? Like, <laughs> I know. I'm what? like speeding ahead no, the cliff I, note version. I don't want... But... I mean, you go with whatever no, you want, No, no, no. I, I don't want to breeze through like some of the things that I think are really important to talking about is just what it was doing to you emotionally and what was going on around you. Like a lot of people... You know, your friends are starting to have babies. Totally. And, you know, you're seething inside. Like, wh- what was going on? And relationship-wise. Like, yeah. I mean, it's true because, I mean... I'm very much type A personality. I'm like, okay, we're doing this. We're going to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I make friends with everybody. So I made friends with all the nurses and I'd right. come in every day and they'd be like, hey, Jenna, what's up? You know, and <laughs> we'd hang out and, you know, they're drawing my blood and right. <laughs> looking at my goods and we're all like, right. you know, big one big happy family. But yeah, I mean, it sucks because my friends are having kids. Right. Everything's you know, coming up roses and nobody understands really. I mean, like I would come home and secretly like cry in my room after my extractions when I'm in like massive pain and at home by myself because after the extractions, you know, my husband's at work and I'm just coming Mm -hmm. home bawling crying because I'm in pain emotionally and physically. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it sucks because nobody really gets it unless they've gone through it. Completely. Like everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's horrible. Like, I'm sorry right. that this is happening. But like, 
it's the tale as old as time. Like nobody really gets it unless they've gone through it. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. It really does because you're alone and you know, I like to talk about things, but you know, I'm also super busy. So it's not like I can seek out some group (laughs) to go sit and kumbaya about how much this sucks. Right. Because I just am not that kind of person. Yeah. And even if you do want to talk about it with your friends, I ran into this problem where there's only so much you can say and totally. there's only so much they can say. Yeah. They're and like, they're, they're wonderful. Exactly. But like you said, it's like, unless you're in it, it's, there's like just something missing yeah. that you like need. Yeah. I was interviewing somebody yesterday and I, she said something that no one has said before that I thought was so interesting was that she had eight miscarriages oh, and she was saying she had friend a lot of friends who had gotten pregnant at the same time and then they went on to have their babies and she was yep. like, now when I see those kids... I'm always remembered that's the age my kid would have been. 100%. With like four different of her friend's kids. And yeah. that, that broke my heart. I mean, it's it was so just true. like, I it's know so that true. feeling. No. Like, that could have been my kid. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, it kills you because you try to think like, okay, just one more time, just one more time, just one more time, you know? Mm-hmm. But like, it kept happening so much. And, yeah. you know, my husband was like, trying to be there for me he's like I don't know what to do I don't know what to say he's like I you know right so were you getting pregnant or you weren't it just wasn't working no okay I was trying to build up embryos you know so they could because they were like body was slow to react yeah and And I was producing eggs yeah and then when they would try to make the embryo you know it just wasn't happening Mm -hmm. and the male factor you had checked out and it wasn't that either yep so it's basically just unexplained yeah no and that was was the worst I was just like for type that's the most frustrating part because like and and I was doing everything I was seeing nutritionists I was seeing other doctors I was like you know and and the thing with this is like I you know being in the business that I'm in it's like everybody capitalizes upon everything so it's like everybody's like well go see this doctor and I'm like okay great I go see this doctor and he's like okay great you're almost ready let's do the extraction tomorrow pay me 15 grand I'm like wait what (laughs) like are you kidding me right now yeah and then of course you're all like well maybe he's right maybe this is the time I'm gonna miss and then and then you're like if money's the only inhibitor am I an asshole exactly do you can you put a price tag on this I know and then I'm like, yeah. okay, fine, let's do this. And then like my husband and I'll get home and he's like, we don't have the money to do this. Mm-hmm. He's like, what do you, like, we can't do this. And I'm like, okay, you're right. So heartbreaking. And it's just everything, you yeah. know? And then I tried IUI again and that didn't work. And so finally I got to the point where I was like, let's just try to insert the embryo because, and they prepared me, you know, I had done all this stuff, inserted the embryo and I got pregnant. And so after all this time, like we were super excited, mm-hmm. you know, we heard the heartbeat, we knew the sex because they wow. had tested it before, sure. like, you know, and that's the part that like, if I was, you know, up until now, it's just like, okay, it's disappointment after disappointment. But then like, sorry. No, don't be sorry, please. I'm yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Welling up. But then like, you know, you hear the heartbeat. And yeah. sorry. No, please don't apologize. This you, is part of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, you hear the heartbeat, you go through all this, and you're in the doctor room, and the worst was like, we were so excited, and then, you know, I go back, you know, because you get monitored all the time, and I go back, and all of a sudden, it was like the one nurse that I didn't like, of course, <laughs> and she 
she's looking at the screen and looking at everything and she's like, she gets really quiet. She's like, okay, um, I need to talk to the doctor. Let's schedule an appointment for like in a week. And I was like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What's happening? And she's like, I can't say anything. And this, at this point I was like, this had got, this was when I was like three months pregnant. Oh, wow. Yeah. Long. Yeah. So I was three months pregnant at the time and she was like, we need to schedule an appointment in a week. And I'm like, what does that even mean? What's going on? So of course for a week, I'm like, I'm asking everybody for a week. I'm like freaking out. Oh, honey. So I guess. the worst. Yeah. So I had, you know, I had had a miscarriage. Um, They weren't sure that that's what it was at the time. So I was freaking out. I came back, of course, like, you know was so upset after everything we had been through mm-hmm. um, and, you know, had to have my DNC and everything else. And then the worst is like, <laughs> you know, again, it's I, I compare it to like everybody wanting to get money for everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm literally sitting in the operation room ready to go in. And they say to me, oh, well, do you want us to test the embryo to see if there's any issues? Because nobody could find anything wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. nobody could find anything wrong with me, Joel, embryo, sperm, like nothing. So I was just like, you know, they're like, it's going to be $2,500. And I'm just like, why didn't you guys tell me this beforehand? Ugh. I'm literally in an operating gown. Blood yeah. is running down my legs. I'm standing there like... I'm like in tears and I'm just like, I can't make this decision without my husband. Like, are you kidding me right now? So they bring in Joel. Joel takes one look at me and he's like flipping out. He's just like, what is wrong with you guys? Like, how How dare you you do do this? And then just, it just was like insult on top of injury. You know what I mean? And it's the business part of it that seeps in where you're like, oh yeah, they want it. They're trying to make money off me. But I mean, there's so many wonderful organizations and people and practices that aren't like that. Yeah. But, but it's just was like. The reality of it too. Yeah. No, for sure. They're like, do you have a credit card? Sorry. I know you're bleeding. Yeah. Can we get your credit card real quick? As I'm, <laughs> as you're about to go in and we're scraping Where am your I supposed to pull out. it out of my cleavage? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, so anyway, after that, I had tried for I don't know, like another year or so, and it just okay. got to the point where my body was just like, you know, I kind of had some false starts. You know, they were they would they were extracting eggs, they were making embryos, they weren't good. Like, you know, yeah. it just kept, it was just kind of like this vicious cycle. And how, how long had it been since you started like all in? Six years. Six years. It was six years before like I finally stopped. Okay. So my last extraction. It's such a long time. It is. It's a super long time. And especially when you're like, you know, go, 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 go with work, with life, with everything else. And I'm up there all the time doing these extractions. And you know, they're fucking painful Mm -hmm. so it's like you come home I'm crying because I'm upset but then I have to put on the brave face Mm -hmm. to like keep doing what I'm doing and keep going with life and then you know my husband had always kind of thrown in there like hey why don't we just like we've always talked about adoption because we've always wanted to be parents he's like let's just he's like can we just start looking into adoption and I was like no 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 like my tunnel focus I'm like no no we're just gonna keep going we're gonna keep going so why do you think you were like that at that point I think it's just because like I put my mind on something and I don't want to like deviate from like my path that I'm on and it's like I was so focused on this that I didn't want to like throw stuff into the mix and concentrate on something else Mm -hmm. because I wanted to try like everything and anything. And like I said, at this point, I'm still seeing other nutritionalists. I'm still trying this. I'm trying that. I'm trying like 
you know, everything under the moon to try to make it work. Absolutely. And so finally, you know, and I'll never forget because we literally got in a knockdown drag out at brunch one day because he was just like, I, he's like, I'm tired of seeing you like this. I'm tired of seeing you. You're exhausted. He's like, it's putting a strain on us. He's like, I can't. And, you know, we've now, I mean, this is like, you know, now that fast forward, we have Zeke, it's been eight years, but, um, you know, this was two years ago and he was just, we've been married. We've been together for 20 years, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. we've been married for 14. Mm -hmm. So he knows me. We've been together for a very long time. He's like, I get it, Jim, but like, he goes, you got to stop, you know? And I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm going to keep doing this. He's just like, no, you really can't. Yeah. So it's so hard when you're not on the same page. Yeah, exactly. So Mm -hmm. then we started fighting, you know, and finally, like, I'll never forget because I went to get one of my last extractions and I just, you know, usually in the recovery room, I'm like, it's okay. We're all good. Business as usual. Like, let's go. And I just like broke down and was like sobbing. Mm. And my favorite nurse came up to me and she's like, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She's like, Jan, don't be sorry. She goes, you're tired. She goes, you've been doing this for a long time. She's like, you're just exhausted. Yeah. And I was, and that's what it was, you know? And that was like my breaking point. Yeah. And I literally came home and said to Joel, I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Let's do this adoption thing. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've been in that knockdown drag out yeah. fight at oh. brunch before. I've been the, where you're like, you know, everyone's looking at you uh-huh. and you're like silently like cussing at each other yeah. from across the table. Totally. And well, like crying. We and weren't like, even like silent, I don't think, because everybody just kept right. and then you go and outside. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, yeah. New York City brunch, it's like everybody's packed and I'm right. just like, yeah. yep, okay, everybody knows our business. No, Thanks. I've been there for sure. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So then this must have felt at least maybe like a relief in some way because you have a new path. I mean, it's a whole nother daunting thing, right? Starting from scratch. Totally. You know, it is and it isn't. It was like at the time, yes, I had a new path to focus on, but it was still like, I was still mourning, like still mourning everything that happened, Yeah. you know? And so it was just like, you know, and I still am obviously, <laughs> but yeah, no, you know. I don't know if that ever truly goes away. It doesn't. It's still, you know, it's hard. It's PTSD. Totally. Real, like legit. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. For I mean, sure. There's still, I've said this before, but there's still, when I see a Pampers commercial, Ugh. I get it physically, I get my heart starts racing. I get yeah. this pit in my stomach because yep. there was one that was playing on like this one show I kept Ugh. watching and it was the same one and it was a baby crying and like just the noise yeah. when I was going through infertility would trigger me and now like I can't Ugh. even. It's yeah. So it's crazy. No, I how, get it. How it like profoundly affects you and never really so goes away. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. No, it's definitely true. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And then, you know, we jumped into adoption and, you know, Joel was being very sweet. He was trying to find, he found this like, counselor that was like counseled couples like us who were Mm -hmm. having you know the same problems um like the infertility and now they want to adopt and she was like counselor Mm -hmm. slash social worker I don't know doctor whatever she was and uh so from there he like talked to her ended up I had to work late one night he went and met with her Mm -hmm. I was supposed to go of course wasn't there (laughs) and she was like told us about this adoption agency as well as like November is National Adoption Month and they have a huge conference down in Brooklyn. Oh. That she was like, you guys should go to. 
it tells you everything and anything about mm-hmm. adoption and going to that like totally opened our eyes mm-hmm. to the world of adoption. Wow. Yeah. So what, what was that like? What was that day like? It was and what so did you learn? overwhelming. Literally by the end, Joel and I are like, we need a drink. <laughs> <laughs> But it was amazing because they have like a keynote speaker and then it was cool because when we walked in, one of the ladies that greeted us was like, I highly suggest that you guys break off and you go to as many like sessions, you know, separately as you can. That way you can kind of divide and conquer and then come Mm -hmm. back and Mm -hmm. meet up. Mm -hmm. I mean... From that, there was a lot of things we learned. Like, A, there's no way in hell we could ever do this on our own. People do that. They take out, like, ads and papers and 1-800 numbers and all that kind of stuff. Oh, you mean without an agency? Yep. Okay. Like, without an agency, they just hire a lawyer, and I'm just like, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Most adoptions nowadays are open. Mm -hmm. What does that mean exactly? It means, like... Because of the social media and because everybody can find out everything now, thanks to Google, mm-hmm. most, you know, and these kids are growing up knowing that they have birth parents somewhere, mm-hmm. um, being open and honest with them from the beginning, like Zeke, who's our son, his birth mother and I like have a relationship you do? and okay. we have actually have like in the paperwork, like she's, um, we have a visit once a year. She, you know, we send her pictures every three months, mm-hmm. um, Actually, we have an app. She can go on there anytime she wants to see pictures. Yeah, I mean, in this day and age, unless the records are sealed Mm -hmm. for some reason, most adoptions are open. Because listening to a lot of people speak about adoption that are adults now, and actually, once we adopted, we found out so many of our friends had been adopted and told us about this and told us about like their how they feel now because some of them know their birth parents, some of them don't, wow. some of them want to have stuff to do with them. So it's just so, so you didn't interesting. know that before that some of these people were adopted. No. Isn't that funny how people come out of the woodwork yeah. when, you're, when something like this yeah, happens? Yeah, definitely. How did you determine which agency to work with? There was a lot of things, you know. Two, uh, these two guys in our building had adopted a little girl, and that was kind of like our first introduction mm-hmm. into like adoption. Mm-hmm. And they told us about their agency at the time when we went to look into it, their agency was gone. Mm. So this happens a lot. Also, I wanted an agency that was going to be like non-for-profit, LGBTQ friendly, mm-hmm. um, one that was like going to be caring and loving. I work with slick agencies every day of my life. <laughs> I didn't want it in my private life. Yeah. So I was kind of like, those were my parameters. So this woman had told us about this one agency, the doctor, and then we had actually gone to this conference. It's literally like a job fair. You go Mm -hmm. into the gymnasium, all these agencies are set up. You know, you walk around and you look at all of them and you talk to them. But our agency actually was the only one that had like these colorful balloons flying from their booth. And, you know, they were so friendly Mm -hmm. and happy. And we walked over and I was like, Joel, that's the agency she told us about. Oh, wow. And we had gone over and talked to them and they were so nice and so friendly and so warm. And I was just like, that's it. I want to go with them. And he's like, okay, hold on. (laughs) Right. Right. And so we did some research. They actually, it's cool because they have this get acquainted workshop. Mm Mm-hmm. So the next step for us, them was like, we contacted them. They had us go to this thing in Brooklyn. They have these meetings all over the place. It's kind of like a weekend meeting where you get to know them, what they do, mm-hmm. how they do it, you know, because th- we started doing all this research on adoption because we had no idea mm-hmm. how this worked. Right. We had no idea. I mean, and granted, we had already taken out a home equity loan to do all this fertil- fertility for all these mm-hmm. years. We had just paid it off. 
when we were like, great, now we're going into adoption. Totally. So here we go all over again. Right. You know? But the thing is about adoption, I mean, and this is, you know, somebody had said this to me and I'm just like, <laughs> you're right. They were like, you could keep trying to have a baby for a long time. In the end, with adoption, like, you were going to have a baby. Mm-hmm. Which is in the end, like, there's so many babies that need to be loved. There's so many kids that end up in the foster system and everything else. Mm-hmm. And we had actually looked into the foster system, but, like, I couldn't emotionally put myself through that because you could foster a kid and then lose them. Mm-hmm. So I was like, emotionally, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I can't handle that. Like, we have to go through with adoption. Mm-hmm. Which has its own pitfalls, but, you right. know, that was, like, a big glaring thing. Right. So... You know, with this, you know, with this conference, it actually like opened our eyes to so much. Mm -hmm. So it was like I was an expert on fertility and now I was like, I'm going to become an expert in adoption. Right. So skipping back ahead, we went to this Get Acquainted workshop weekend, which was great because they we hear from birth mothers. We hear from adoptive parents. They are very transparent and lay out like how they find these parents. Um you know, they have a really great website and you make a profile and they they work with Planned Parenthood, they work Mm -hmm. with hospitals, Mm -hmm. they work with all these kind of, you know, outreach all over the place that girls go on there. I mean, for lack of a better crass, it's like dating, you know, Mm -hmm. like they see you and who you are from this profile, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and so we, you know, and it, but it was good because they were honest with us, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because it's like at this point there's no bullshit. It's right. just like, you need the brass tacks. Like, tell me Completely. how it is. And this is how it goes, Completely. you know? And it's not easy because with adoption, you know, they prepare you too. It's like the mother could be a drug addict. The mother could have, you know, a drinking problem and they're not always transparent. And, you know, there aren't always hospitals that are adoption friendly. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, there's so many different things that can happen, right. which is scary as hell. But at the same time, like, this is the reality of adoption, sure. you know? Yeah. So from there, we started just, like, set up our profile. Mm-hmm. It's such a daunting process. Mm-hmm. You have heard, to get yeah. fingerprinted. You have to get your marriage certificate. You have to list the last 20 places you've lived in your life. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, I mean, it's great that they're right. very the thorough, thorough like this. Vetting. But, oh, my gosh. I was, like... <laughs> insane right you know and then there's the home visits and you get all paranoid because like you know uh, we have taxidermies and like you know skulls <laughs> all over our house and I'm just like oh my gosh they're you gonna do. hate us yeah I'm like I don't I mean our house is like gothic Victorian Amazing. you know so I'm just kind of our apartment so I'm just kind of like great like is this not okay right and it was cool because we had actually gotten on the phone with two guys who had adopted and they were like guys, don't worry about the home visit. It's all cool. Like, it's good. They just want to get to know you. So I'm like, okay, good. That makes me feel so much better. Because I tell everybody that now. You know what I mean? You're like putting sheets over the taxidermy. Totally. What's under that sheet? Don't worry about it. Nothing, nothing, nothing. That bat skeleton? No, not what you think it is. That's hilarious. But yeah, so then from there, we just started our, again, journey, which... Cliff No Version was a year long. Um, We had a couple, you know... Again, like a couple false starts. Mm-hmm. We had talked to a couple birth mothers, you know. One, I think she wasn't really 
sold on adoption, but she kind of wanted to talk to some people. She wanted us to name the baby what she wanted to name her. This mm. happens a lot too. Like really? it's a make or break sometimes. The birth mothers are like, you have to name the child this name. I've never heard that before. Yeah. Wow. And it's like, if you don't do this, it, it can become like a problem. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. It like, goes into legal documents. Right. And we were just kind of like, okay, like we weren't wild on the name. We weren't like really, we did, kind of didn't vibe with her, but we yeah. were like, you know, whatever. Because you also like, and again, this is, this is the thing with like adoption because you have to be, you know, you have to meet these mothers where they're at. You know, this is really fucking hard for them too. Mm-hmm. So you have to keep that in mind that like, it's an emotional thing for both of you. Mm-hmm. And so you're very careful like what to say right. and like you don't call it like their child or your child like and it's good because the adoption right. agency like coaches you on this mm, yeah. but at the same time you're kind of like wait did I say the wrong thing am I saying the wrong thing you're second guessing yourself like totally. this whole entire time yeah. so you just try to be yourself and you talk and you hope that you're saying the right thing right but then we talked to another birth mom we had a couple conversations with her we thought it was really going great Never heard from her again. She oh, fell wow. off. So this happened twice. Yeah. Um, you know, over probably nine months. Again, the emotional roller coaster of yeah. it, right? Because you're I mean, getting your hopes up. Well, and, and that's the thing. You start picturing your life with this of kid. Course. Yeah. But I mean, we never we never got anything in the house ready. I never had any baby stuff. Like all the stuff that like my friends had kind of given me, like it's gonna happen, like little onesies and shoes and stuff, like it's gonna happen. I threw them in a drawer and Mm -hmm. I was just like, I can't. Mm -hmm. I can't see this, I don't want a reminder, I don't Mm -hmm. want anything. So all that to say, fast forward to like nine months and Joel's like, I can't do this anymore. He's like, I'm like, he's like, emotionally we've been through so much shit at this point. He's like, I just don't know how much more I can take. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm the same way. And it was getting to be a year. So once a year is up, you have to do everything all over again. Wow. You have to do your fingerprinting, your physical, like everything. Right. Because it only lasts with the courts for a year. Okay. And then, sorry if this is, you don't have to say, no, but do you have no, to like no. pay again after a year or does it? it? With our agency, the agency fees stay good, okay. which is great. Yeah. And they're I really, imagine there's some that don't. Yes. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, sorry to jump back when we went to this Get Acquainted workshop, there was like tables of people. And that's another great thing about our agency. They only take 20 people on at a time. Mm. So they were sitting at a table and there was a couple across from us and they were just like we've been with our agency for four years and we're one of like a hundred and like there's no like hope in sight oh and i was like that's horrible yeah so we had also met these girls that had already adopted through this agency that were there because they saw us and they were like you guys look stressed and we're like (laughs) well it's a little overwhelming she's like i know i'm like do you have a drink and she's like let's go down the street and get a drink. He's like, okay, let's wait till after. And she was just like really sweet and very like down to earth. And she's just like, I want to tell you that these guys are great. We're coming back for the second time. Mm -hmm. And it's just like pretty amazing. That's good. So that made us feel good Mm -hmm. too. So jumping ahead. Coming up on a year. Coming up on a year. And then we got this call from our agency who basically said to us, there's this girl who is... This was literally middle of April. She's due May 14th. And she's really interested in you guys. She doesn't want to talk to you. She wants you to she, she wants you guys to communicate over email. Okay. 
And I was like, okay, great, even better. Because so much shit can get misconstrued mm-hmm. from, you know, email, tax, like everything else. The tone and yeah, Yes, exactly. So she wrote us this huge email basically saying, you know, I've, I've been going to the doctor on a regular basis. You know, I'm together with the birth dad, but he wants to keep the baby. I don't. I know that I have a six-year-old daughter. Joel and I went to write back and, you know, she basically laid everything out for us. We went to write her back and this is like another knockdown drag out Joel and I get in because we're like trying to write this huge letter. Right. We're like, what do we say? Do we say this? Do we say that? Like, we don't, you know what I mean? And we're back and forth forever to the point where like a day later, the agency's like, are you guys going to write her back? <laughs> Right. We're like, we are, we're, we're trying on it's it. Hard. We were so it's like stressed. the most important email you're going to send. A hundred percent. Yeah. So we got so stressed. Anyway, ended up writing her back. We were emailing back and forth like all weekend long. By that next week, she's like, the agency was like, she wants you to be the parents. Wow. And I was actually flying out to LA for an event that, that next week. So literally I had three weeks until I was going on maternity. Oh my God. I have a department of 14 people. I'm like, you know, everybody knew I was adopting, but nobody knew when this was going to happen, you know? So I'm literally in LA, like on the phone with my lawyer. My lawyer's like spewing all this stuff at us. Like, okay, this is how we do it. Like, this is what has to happen, you know? And I literally had to talk to HR before I left. You know, I had to like put everything in place, right. like with my team, with everything else. Because what do they I, do in terms of maternity leave when you adopt? Do you get it's the maternity? same thing? It's the same. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, okay, and good. that's the way it should that's, be. You it, know what I mean? And absolutely. I'm really thankful that my company did that because mm-hmm. you know I don't know how it is with all companies. I don't think but, all companies are like that, and they probably aren't. But you know what? That's the way it is. Like mm-hmm. I am a mom. I am getting a baby. Absolutely. I didn't birth the baby, but like I am in the matter. hospital. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I was in the hospital from the second that baby was born because she was having a c-section okay and we knew like when the baby was born so we had to be up there in the hospital and actually because she was giving birth in the catholic hospital they were amazing to us they gave us our own hospital room they treated us they were when i walked in they're like we're treating you guys like you're the birth mom and like you are have your own room Mm -hmm. they were amazing above and beyond like Mm -hmm. incredible So all that to say, Zeke was born. We got him immediately after he was born. But these are the, like, you know, you start to worry about everything because in New York State, the birth mom has 30 days to change her mind. The hospital was so amazing to us and so great. So you got to stay there with him. and We were living in the hospital for a week. He's totally healthy, beautiful. Like, everybody always tells me, like, how amazing and beautiful he is. And it's kind of ironic because he looks a little bit like me. Everybody's like, I know this seems a little crazy, but you know he looks like you, right? Yeah. So it's just crazy how the whole thing comes full circle. Can you tell me about that 30-day period? Yeah. So that's treacherous. That's the most, uh, that's one of the most painful things in New York. And it depends on the state that you're in. It fluctuates. So New York city, it's 30 days and it's painful because it's, you know, if your baby is born like on a Friday, it's then, you know, weekends don't count. So, yeah, so I think it, I I don't know, it's like a legal thing. So I I was always like, okay, so this is the 30 day on this Friday. And my my lawyer was like, well, the paperwork has to go through. So actually it probably is going to get pushed to Monday. And I'm like, you guys are killing me. And, you know, at this time, 
you know, because when I had gotten pregnant, you know, we told, because we were so excited, we told too many people about it. And, you know, that's always the thing that you have to be it's like. It's hard to unwind all Yeah, that. of course. Mm-hmm. So everybody knew that this was happening, but at the same time, we were trying to kind of contain it, right. even though like everybody at work knew and everybody else. But I'd always tell everybody, look, guys, there's a 30 day period that she can change her mind in New York State, but you have to prove like, you have to have a whole plan. You know, you have to have a plan of how you can take care of this child and how you can, you know, do all this kind of stuff. She was always like, I'm so glad I can make you a mom. Like, I'm so thankful I can do this. I know he's better off with you guys. Like, I was hoping that that was going to stay stay and stick but it's just like that's in the back of your mind for 30 days could you talk to her like I would have been go go in there and be like girl well that's listen to me that's the thing like I didn't want to you are not going to change your mind seriously I didn't want to say anything I didn't want to do anything because you hear all these horror stories that it happens all the time you know and I we were like sitting on eggshells meanwhile I'm like a mom with a newborn who's like you know it's like a regular newborn. It's like, I'm not sleeping. I'm an emotional wreck. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. And I have this 30 days looming over my head. Oh my God. And meanwhile, yeah. I come home and I'm just like, we go to Tribeca Pediatrics and I'm mm-hmm. just like trying to figure out, I'm like, okay, I want to feed him the best formula because like, I'm not breastfeeding. So like, you know, and I'm doing all this research and being crazy. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's that crazy German formula that you can only like order from Germany and all this kind of insane stuff. No, I haven't heard of that. Yeah. It's just like this, whatever. It's got this whole stigma behind it. And it's so funny because I was driving my Did husband crazy it? about it. No. So literally <laughs> he's like, let's talk to the doctor. And I'm like, okay, fine. So we go into the doctor and I'm just like, okay, so this is all the deal. This is where he came from. I want to give him a great start to life. Like I want to give him everything. Like what about this formula? And my husband is sitting there shaking his head and rolling his eyes. And she's like, we just had a meeting about this. Everybody is crazy about this formula. She's like, don't worry. You don't have to feed him that. And my husband's like, see, I told you. That's so so he had, you know, organic yeah, formula has come a long way. A hundred percent. It's like to... mother's breast milk. A hundred percent. So I was like, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't have to order it from Germany and That's wait hilarious. in case you run out. And yeah, right. it's insane. <laughs> You're like, we need the Gothic yeah. formula. Can we please have the <laughs> it's one? It's on, very on brand. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. So then the 30 days when that was finally up. Yeah. I mean, that must have been. So we were so ecstatic. I think I bawled crying, mm. literally. It was just crazy. So it was like a huge celebration because oh then you gosh. have to wait for like, you know, like we got enough stuff to have a baby, but then I was so scared to like. You don't want to get too much. Right. I didn't yes. want to redo his room. Right. And I didn't want to get everything because I'm like, what if like he changes his mind? You know, I'm always right. like cautious. Right. Did you get the baby bat skeleton for above yeah. the <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> We totally. waited on that. I know. That was, that's later. But yeah, so then after that, like it was a huge celebration. So I'm like, great. Now we can schedule. We, we called it a sip and see, yeah. you know. So now we did a sip and see and then work had a huge like, you know, Aww. celebration for us. So and it was really awesome. I mean, yeah. it was such a long road and yeah. we were so fucking tired that like at that point, it was like you forget everything, you know. It's, I have this amazing child who, it's like, you don't think of them as, like, an adopted child. Like, he's my son. You know what I mean? And From minute one. Exactly. A hundred percent. From before that. Yeah. 
Hey again, guys. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Jana. Jana, I love you. I'm so happy for you and your hubby and little Zeke. Thank you so much for your honesty and sharing your story with everybody. I also wanted to say that I saw a post today that said, everyone's complaining that their life is currently on pause, but nobody realizes that this is how infertile people live daily. So obviously this was in response to coronavirus and what's going on right now with the quarantine, but I thought that really resonated with me and it's so true. The fucking waiting is the hardest part and the being on pause. So if you are currently going through that, just know that I've been there and I remember that feeling and I feel for you and I'm rooting for you and it's going to be okay. We're going to get out of this and I just love you all. So if anyone needs to talk, you can always email me at infertileafstories at gmail and I will talk to you guys next time. Thanks.